We're, we are recording. You can, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, when do you want me to say it? Okay, this is the Give Me Five podcast. Like right now. Oh, I'll start again. This is the Give Me Five <laughs> podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining uh, things. Um, what? Above. You're, you're, the, the, you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast portion. Oh, Jesus. I think you need to scroll down. Okay. You mean up? Read that. Pause. And then. Okay. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 112. Come on. Take off your jeans. I want to see your underwear. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, etc. My name is Kerwin, and I am joined by Jimmy, Greg, and eventually Rub a Dub Dub. Oh my God! The Kerwin Digo has made it to the episode. Yes, welcome, sir. Thanks for having nice me. Nice to finally have you. Yeah, it's good to see you guys again, or hear you. You know, both. Good to see you too, buddy. Yeah, uh, and I will be periodically muting the the thing because uh, Ethan, my child, has decided to start singing upstairs. <laughs> so maybe he heard that you were here and is that excited. Well, he has no idea who I am. So yeah, he's he's been warned. <laughs> this is Kerwin. He's Daddy's arch nemesis. You see him on the premises. <laughs> that was a nice rhyme. Contact the the guardhouse. Yeah, yeah. Hello. So anyway, let's talk about spoilers here. This is a review show, and there's going to be some spoilers. Uh, we are going to talk about a couple movies that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite Star Wars yet, but Jumanji 2, Ready or Not, and Six Underground. So if you have not seen those and you're going to be worried about spoilers, those might come up. I haven't seen any of them, so I won't be spoiling anything. <laughs> uh, so... You know, don't be angry because we warned you. Uh, we're also going to have some fun with some gremlins. And that movie came out in 1984, just like Jimmy. Yeah, and, I sure did. It was a good yeah. year. And uh, if you haven't uh, seen if you haven't seen Jimmy or gremlins, you might want to check that out. So there we go. We're we're having a, a concert by a, a six year old in the background. <laughs> so, guys, do you have any news? Uh, well, Greg, I have to say, um, uh, I thank you for recommending that book, Best Movie Year Ever. I did get the Audible for that one. 1984. <laughs> it was really good, right? Like, it was. when I started listening to it on Audible, like, I couldn't stop. Like, it was one of those I just kept on listening and listening and listening. And there were chapters that I would, like, wait out in my car. Yeah, uh, I, with I, it running and the garage door closed, <laughs> it made it better. I, I listened to it on a road trip. It was fantastic. Like, I do not. <laughs> you say driving oh, a Prius like it's a bad thing. I don't drive a Prius. I have a buddy who drives a Prius. No, I, I enjoyed my I enjoyed my Prius. It, it lasted for about a decade, nice. and it, it was what it kept going. But I I, I changed. So that so, book yeah, led no, me you. into uh, another I, book called 
Um, oh, Jesus, what was it called? I already forgot. It was Shock, shock Value. Valuable. Shock Value. That's not Ooh. the one. Have you heard of this one, Rob? Gre- Greg? Sorry. I have not. What's what's it about? This is very similar to Best Movie Year Ever, except it's all about horror movies. Okay, and I'm adding about, that to my like, uh, It's about, you know, the evolution of horror movies over the decades from, you know, way back to now. And it came out in, I think, what was it? 20? I just pulled it up. Came out like six, seven years ago by Jason mm, Zinnemann. Like a- and it's also an audible uh, book. Does it have a grave on the cover? Um, like there's a hand coming up out of the ground. Okay. I think that did show up on the, if you like this, you might also like this. Yeah, you should definitely listen to that one. Same. Okay. He's I got will. the same depth of, of, of investigation, like into like the, uh, the background of movies, like the, the changing times and the, the different types of movies that came out and, you know, their impact on other movies and other directors and creators and that sort of thing. So it was uh, just as informative and just really interesting. Awesome. So, I will definitely check that out. You can see me panically panicking and whipping my head around <laughs> and trying to get my naked child to not run into the room behind me. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I am going to sign up for a trial of Audible, and we are going to check this out. And um, we're going to talk about it. We're going to have Kermit back. We're going to talk about the book. And uh, let's see if we can't get the author on as well. It is Ooh. a good nine-hour listen. Nice. All right. So it's not just a short little cliff notes of a book. It's it's in-depth. It's really good. I was going to hold off on this information, but Jimmy knows about this. So uh, last Monday, or two Mondays ago, we got an email from, well, I guess a listener, but all, he happens to be one of the, the features editors for Empire Magazine. And he... We're rich now. Yeah, right. No. But he <laughs> no. had been listening to the podcast and had a couple questions. I'm not going to sup- to spoil exactly what the questions were, but... Um, there will be. We're not going to be featured in Empire Magazine, but they are going to feature a guest that we had. You, Kerwin? No. <laughs> <laughs> no we, he's, they are going to feature one of our second interview of Summer of '84. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they are going to feature it, and it was cool because he he contacted us. Uh, so the, he was not only an editor for Empire Magazine, but he um, was also the author of a book called Wild and Crazy Guys: How the Comedy Mavericks of the '80s Changed Hollywood Forever. His name is Nick Desemlian. And he wanted to inter- he wanted to interview someone we've interviewed. We were able to kind of put them in contact. So in the future, in a future issue of that magazine, they're going to interview someone that we talked to. You very did cool. put them in contact. Yes. Good. So and they they were both very thrilled about it. Awesome. That's great. Um, but the book, I, it was actually the book I listened to after the book that you mentioned, the uh, the best movie year ever, and it's all about like. Eddie Murphy and uh, all the Saturday Night Live guys that, that basically changed comedy in the eighties. Kevin Nealon, Dana Carvey, a little bit of that, but more more uh, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, those guys. So I that's another one that I would suggest if you want to check out a pretty good book. It it goes really deep into the Ghostbusters era, which was which was fun. That's cool. So I suggest that one as well. Okay, so I, I've got some news. Yes, go ahead, Greg. 
Uh, the Top Gun Maverick trailer came out. And I don't know. I'm I'm liking some of these throwbacks to 80s movies as long as it kind of keeps the... It keeps the aesthetic of the original Top Gun movie. Uh, did you guys see the trailer? Yes. Yeah. What, what I did watched you it today. Yeah. What did you guys think? Um, it, it looks pretty good, but... You know, I mean, it's just a trailer still. So it's, yeah. you know, obviously they're going to throw all the best parts in it. So I'm still apprehensive, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's like fighter jet, the, the fighter jet porn I like, the music I like. Yes. There's, it's going to be very interesting how they handle like the like extreme like testosterone of, te- of Top Gun. Yeah, and I just I like, I still don't know what it's about. You know, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it, they're like, oh, here's Maverick. He's coming in teaching young kids. And we know, you know, Goose's mm-hmm. son is there. But other yeah. than that, we're like, oh, okay, well, what? Do you guys have an opinion on Miles Teller? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Do, do you mean in general or as Goose's son? Yeah. In general. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he, Miles Teller he, would be number one on my list of punchable faces. He does not which make an impression on me as someone I want to see in movies, really. And when I do mm-hmm. see him, I immediately forget that he was in a movie. Yeah, because he was uh, he was like in Divergent. He was in that movie with the drums, like the drum thing, the jazz drummer movie. And I think he was in the, and he was the in, Fantastic Four reboot that was really awesome. He was, he was yeah, yeah, but sarcasm. But, <laughs> He actually seems pretty well cast as Goose's kid, so I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. I my biggest takeaway from Top Gun in general was I, I saw it in the theater and I loved it as a kid. I had I was what like all of like eight, maybe nine years old, eighteen. And then when I went <laughs> off to college, my one of my roommates had bought a laser disc player and had two laser discs. It was Jurassic Park and Top Gun, and all of these frat guys would get together in my apartment and watch Top Gun and high five and make and do quotes and stuff like that. And it was right around that time that I was like, this volleyball scene is a little homoerotic. And this group of like white frat boys don't seem to get it as they're high fiving <laughs> and smacking each other on the ass and like, let's take that. our shirts off. <laughs> yeah. I would just kind of sit in the back of the room and kind of just like laugh to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you got me, bro. I got you. <laughs> you should unbutton the top button of your jeans. You look sweet. <laughs> but dude, you look way. cool looking. Yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna watch it. I like it. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Take your jeans I, off. Yeah, it definitely brings back memories from when I was younger. Although my dad never stopped giving me crap about falling asleep in the theater at that movie. But I was like six. And I didn't know what was going on. So that's ex- you know, yeah, acceptable. I, I that's acceptable. You're allowed to yeah. fall asleep at that age. And my dad was a pilot, so he really loved that movie and would just be like, "Oh, you fell asleep. It was boring to you." I'm like, "No, it's going to watch this shit. It's awesome now." Sorry, you know. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go see it. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch Top Gun for sure. I I'll admit I've seen. Um, Oh shit! Hot shots more than I have seen Top Gun. Hot shots is awesome. So we're gonna memories kind of blend together. Yeah, Topper Harley. After our Gibby Five podcast commemorative uh, shirtless volleyball tournament that we do every year. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, first annual. First annual. Yeah. 
first anal what? We're, we're not going to do any live broadcast or anything. We're just going to take our shirts off and mm. play volleyball. Yeah. It'll be so, awesome. So what yeah. news do you got? Some pretty exciting news. Uh, Mr. John Frusciante has rejoined the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, John Frusciante is uh, and was a guitar player on some of their seminal releases, um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, he he famously quit, I believe, on that tour in 1991 after the uh, their explosion in popularity. Um, he couldn't handle it. All he wanted to do was make music. You know whether there's some anxiety going there or or not. He uh, he would eventually come back to the band. Um, he was replaced by Dave Navarro. Um, he came back after you know some forgettable years with Dave Navarro and played on a, a few more releases and then quit the band again, being replaced by Josh Klinghoffer, um, who was his backup guitar player, and now he's back. Um, there, there's a definitive difference in their guitar styles. I'm looking forward to new releases, new music. John Frigiante has got an angelic backing voice, and uh, a very unique guitar style. I, I hope they go on tour immediately. Um, because I, it would be they, wonderful to see them in play. Are they playing Rockfest or Rock, whatever that is? There, there's one. It's like in Alabama or something. Okay. Was it Rockville? Not Rockville. Not the Tampa one. Um, okay. Jack or Daytona? No, not that one. Uh, okay. It's that was, somewhere. Yeah, that's there's, a fake lineup. Yeah. That I saw. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, there was it was close, but uh, Wu Tang Clan was not in it, which makes me sad. That is a shame. It was replaced. Wu Tang Clan was replaced by Leonard Skinner, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's a strange. Yeah, you know, they have so much in common. <laughs> They're almost identical. Like they could not have gone more opposite on the more yeah. opposite on the spectrum. Uh, got one more thing as well, just very quick for. Florida residents, those close to Central Florida, we have Mini Fringe, or the uh, Winter Fringe is coming up uh, January 9th through 12th. I am not too sure if they do this in any other cities around the country, but it's definitely worth checking out. I am looking forward to seeing me some theater. Nice. I got a couple things, too, real quick. One, this is a super short thing. Guys, The Expanse is back. That's what she said. (laughs) <laughs> Zing. The Expanse is back. It was canceled by Sci-Fi after season three, which is, is Zach Morris in that. I do not believe so. But why not? Because he's not. But uh, it Should did be. show up back again this past week on Amazon Prime, and it was it. I've watched the first episode. I'm not going to review it here, but if you like like pretty hardcore sci-fi, it's worth watching. It's very very well done. Um, it actually is doing better on Prime than it was doing on the Sci-Fi Channel, which is interesting, which Sci-Fi Channel seems to have happened to it a lot. They'll cancel something, and then it does better. People never flip through the stations and stop on the Sci-Fi Channel. They stop, and they go, ah, Sharknado, and they just keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sci-Fi has yeah, actually had some pretty decent shows here and there. Yeah. But it's Sci-Fi, and it's got that stigma yeah. around it, so people are just like, yeah, yeah whatever, yeah, it's going to fail problem. anyway. I think one of the problems with The Expanse was that sci-fi only had first-run rights. And that Zach Morris wasn't on it. 
Not, yeah, but the, the weird looking dude that went off to be in um to be one of the scientists in Pacific Rim was on is on it now. Oh, the guy that looks like the hobgoblin without trying. Yes. He was also on uh that that uh, Doctor Who spin-off show. Doctor what? <laughs> no. Uh Torchwood, Doctor I think. Doctor Who's on first. <laughs> I stuck with two Jimmies. This is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's also what um, she said. And also, uh, speaking of, of homoerotic and ripped, uh, did you guys see Kumail Nanjiani this past week? Yeah, that dude yeah. is buff as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last year, he was my entertainer of the year. That. Yeah. Last year was my entertainer of the year based on the fact that he entertained me in a video game, a movie, uh, and, a, and a book and a TV show. And then I got the, I see this tweet and I thought it was a joke. I thought, honestly, because he's a comedian and comedians tend to, you know, post political things. And I thought he was making fun of that Trump picture where Trump superimposed, well, someone superimposed Trump's head on, on, um, on yeah, Rocky, yeah. on Stallone. Mm. I thought it was a joke at first. And I looked closer, <laughs> much closer. And uh, <laughs> for a long time, actually. Yeah. Very, Still very looking close. right now. <laughs> I, right yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> until, until I can memorize every every vein <laughs> path and think about it when my eyes are closed it's a good looking um, man yeah and i was like oh this is not photoshopped and it was cool because i like the fact that he did it he's did it for a marvel movie he's going to be in the, the eternals um, eternals the, the eternals and he did make a little quote like yeah it's easy to do this when you have marvel backing you and basically paying you to work out and paying for, paying a, for a nutritionist to, and a personal trainer and, and all a, that stuff yeah, he's like mm-hmm. I understand. He's like I never thought I'd look like this, but I understand why I don't. Why I didn't. Yeah, I saw past, that post so. too. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So good job, dude. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Speaking of uh, nutritionists, um, you guys can go to HelloFresh.com and type in the offer code "Give me five. I got my first box today. You can save ten percent. I'm just kidding. That is, that is not a thing. That's not true. <laughs> but I did actually just get a box. I was, of I was got Fresh excited because I used to use HelloFresh, and I was like, "Oh damn! I'll sign up for another box. Okay. I'll use your code." Man, that's yeah. cool. I'm so excited to try it. We got it. We were like, "Oh crap! I got to record." So we're gonna have to do it tomorrow night. Oh, you'll I'll love you it. Know. It's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. It looks really good. It tastes even better. This is uh, no way endorsed by HelloFresh, but <laughs> you know, hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> You guys got anything else? I do not. Uh, we would like to welcome to the podcast, Rob. Yay! Welcome me. Or Rob was Rub-a-dub-dub, out dub, as we call buying you beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob went out to buy beer, and unlike my father, he came back. <laughs> Is that a th- that's not true at all. Not true and at all. And this episode is called "Take Your Jeans." What am I doing? I need to. What? No. Oh my God! What is going on here? I don't He's like. This. Okay, so uh, Jimmy had Jimmy, a little too much Sapporo. Yeah, Jimmy, can you go ahead and tell us about our lovely state? Because <laughs> it is time <laughs> for weird shit in Florida. I think we should make Kerwin sing the theme song. Go for it, Carwin. All right. Weird shit in you just have Florida. To improv it. Ah. Damn. Ooh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Screw you, Kerwin. Get off our show. Chill. <laughs> you and our stuff better than us? <laughs> shit. <laughs> so 
Speaking of mostly naked men. Oh, yeah. Right up Greg's alley. <laughs> yep. We have a 25-year-old Christian Dominic Shea. And this story wouldn't be funny if it actually happened during business hours. But it didn't. So it's all good. Uh, around two o'clock, two ten in the morning, uh, surveillance video showed Christian Dominic Shea jumping a fence on the property of a school in Seminole County. Uh, the man was nude, and uh, Christian was nude, covered in fe- he was nude and covered oh in fecal God. matter. Uh, wow. He, his own. Mr. Shea broke into, yes, uh, well, presumably, uh, Mr. Shea broke into a local elementary school and deputies found uh, cake frosting all over the place on drawers, desks, and chairs, as well as frosting footprints. Was this frosting um, actually feces? The... <laughs> no. Okay. However, <laughs> Uh, feces was present. (laughs) Feces feces was present along with the frosting. Um, Also found a stapler was placed in a toilet and a TV remote was covered in feces and frosting was also located in the bathroom. Some poor deputy, they're like, "Uh, taste this and make sure it's not make sure it's feces or frosting. Go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. They both look like chocolate to me. Yeah. And they're both I, have a lot of question. I, I think I have a lot of questions here. Why? Oh. Why? So, <laughs> uh, he allegedly smoked a marijuana blunt that had been laced with an unknown substance. Did you say allegedly smoked? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we say it. <laughs> he did say that a little. Uh, okay, no, that, so. That's how we say it. I know it's allegedly, but we say allegedly <laughs> in my household. Uh, so, oh, Christian, it sounded like illegibly. Uh, like, like, like he didn't what know I how to said. write it or something. He was arrested on charges of <laughs> burglary, property damage, theft, and indecent exposure. Yeah. Now, I've been in a few elementary schools in my day, and are they sure yeah. the feces wasn't there already? Heck, probably. Uh, yeah, it, some of and it you probably know, You know was. the cops were drawing but, straws as to who had to go tackle him. I'm oh, not yeah. doing it. You go get him. The yeah. rookie, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, he, he was identified um, from the surveillance video because he had been uh, recognized as being involved in previous incidents. Um, so maybe you shouldn't accept drugs from strangers. Uh, yeah. He was so located at his, his first uh, home fecal distribution Alaska. problem. His uh, first fecal rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fecal rodeo. Yeah, he admitted to <laughs> never Google that, by the way. <laughs> I think that's a bad idea. Do it there. When did you guys do it? I'm doing it right now. All right. It's right, right. after the church. I have, so, I have concerns. The fecal rodeo do we get here? Uh, swab study finds fecal matter E. coli bacteria at Austin City Rodeo. Well, that's kind of so, climactic. That's yeah, fecal transplants. <laughs> not real surprising. Might either. help make koalas less picky. Uh, fecal transplants might make koalas less picky eaters. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, they ro- transplant it into fecal, their mouths. Fecal transplants or are like in like fact a, a thing. 
Yeah, they have yeah. a pill you can take. You just swallow this fecal pill down, and it's like puts another person's fecal matter into your intestines, so you can, uh, you know, digest yep. and stuff better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I missed. Uh... I know I missed the the news and the trailers and stuff, but I did want to share one thing that I've seen twice now that I'm far more excited about than what I thought I than what I thought I would be because it's something that I haven't seen or heard of since I was a kid. There's a there's a new trailer out for a movie based upon the book Call of the Wild. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, actually that deal looked pretty good with with Buck the dog. Yeah, with Harrison and Harrison Ford and Buck the dog. Yeah, actually, I'm actually kind of excited about it. It looks like it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I had no idea they were making it. Buck the dog is a for it. It looks it looks pretty good actually. Yeah, like, yeah, that was one that kind of slipped under the radar. I hadn't heard anything about it until I actually just saw the trailer. I was like, oh my god. There was some meme that's going around about it where it was like it showed Harrison Ford with the dog and it was like mm-hmm. and he's like out in the wild, of course. And it was talking about like it would be, Harrison Ford ate a bunch of wild mushrooms with the dog and basically hallucinated the whole Star Wars him and Chewbacca thing. <laughs> wow. Which, I see that. Yeah, it sounds sounds. Cool. And when I initially saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be one of one of my favorite uh animal stories from when i was a kid white fang but call of the wild actually was another really great one yeah i will uh i'm intrigued about that as well so guys we have some movie topics here i didn't see any of them so i'm just gonna chill out you haven't seen gremlins well i've seen I saw gremlins, <laughs> but i'm talking about the, the three new movies sure so which, which which ones do you guys want to talk about first? Jumanji, Ready or Not, or Six Underground? I I feel like we're gonna kind of breeze through the first couple of these. Um, I actually have not seen Jumanji two yet, um, although I will. And I am I the only one who saw it? Yeah, I have not I think seen. So. Am I, I never, am I also the only one who saw Six Underground? Oh, I saw Six Underground yesterday. Uh, oh, excellent. So you guys can chat about that. Now, which order are we going? Um, so this is essentially going to be the Robin Kerwin episode. Pretty much for the first part. <laughs> yeah, for the first part of this. <laughs> so uh, I will go ahead and talk about a movie I saw um, on my way to Dallas where I uh, was told that I was going to be the next head coach for the Dallas Cowboys could work. Excellent. Still waiting, Jerry. Give me a call. But probably couldn't do any worse. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. But uh <laughs> I clicked on the horror section on the little, you know, behind the seat entertainment little TV thing and they had a movie that I completely forgot about that I was really excited for when I saw the news. It's the movie Ready or Not. Have you guys and I, I wanted to see it, but I didn't get around to it. Okay, so I've never heard of it. I will um, do the best that I can not to spoil this. Now, had you seen the poster art for it? Have either? Oh seen yeah, Kerwin, Greg, you guys. I did after I read your thing that you said the poster is badass, yeah. and I wanted to verify the poster is badass, and I will verify that in fact the poster is badass. Yeah, it it definitely is. So. You see a character dressed in a bridal gown. She has got, uh, what do you call it, a bandolier um, with 
shotgun shells and in some pictures she she's holding a giant shotgun some pictures she's covered in blood um but that is uh what i first saw uh, and then I read a little blurb about it, but the movie uh, stars Samara Weaving or Samara Weaving, uh, Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien, and Andy McDowell. Yes, that Andy McDowell. Not seen her in a long time. Uh, the directors, there's two directors. It's Matt Bentinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett. <laughs> there was another E, it would be Gillette, but it's Gillett released august 21st of this year it is about a uh bride uh she is marrying into a very very wealthy family who owns a uh, board game empire and as tradition dictates the wedding day um at midnight they all sit around a table, they draw a card, which determines what game they're going to play. And it could be like Clue or Checkers or Backgammon. But she happens to pull the card that's uh, Hide and Seek, where the person being sought, the goal is to kill them. So she is the target and they are trying to kill her the whole time. Um, it's very funny. It's very gory. Uh, a child gets punched in the face, and it's <laughs> hilarious. Always a good time. Yeah, there are a lot of really goofy, kind of like, uh, Rob, you would see, I'm going <laughs> to mentally prepare you for this, because you would see some of these injuries and be like, there's no way they would. But it's just, it's a, goofy fun movie um it's uh it's definitely worth the time investment uh if it were still out in the theaters it'd be absolutely fun to see it in the theater um the, yeah i'm looking through the uh, the pictures right now there's a chick with an arrow in her mouth oh oh that scene was great uh, <laughs> if you guys have seen the movie your next it had a very your next feel to it uh, just in the way that some people, okay, people die in this movie, uh, and pretty comically. So um, I won't say much more about it. Do you guys have any questions? No, I do not. I, I, <laughs> interesting. You've, you've got to see it. Um, it's a. Uh, it's it's a it's a instant cult classic. I would have to say. Well, I have no idea how this movie snuck out without me knowing about it. Um, so I, I like Samara Weaving. Yeah, she's fantastic in it. It's like Hugo Weaving's daughter or niece sure. or something. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Yeah, she may as well. We're just going to make them related tonight. I didn't. What the fuck? Why not? Recognize anybody else in it? But it's got there's. All the typical stereotypes of the dysfunctional family are there. There's the drunk, there's the out of touch, and then there's like the ditzy one who just kind of like doesn't get anything but accidentally fucking kills things. Uh, That's Greg. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, within the first couple <laughs> of minutes of the game starting, I 
was sitting there with my headphones on on the plane. And I went, holy shit. And I looked around. Sorry. Actually, based <laughs> on the girl behind you on the plane starts going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the picture show, this doesn't look like a movie that one should watch on an airplane. I'm impressed. No, there were parts I was like, oh, um, I'm, uh, there's a woman like doing uh, an old lady next to me doing crossword puzzles. And I was like, don't look over here, please. She's seen worse <laughs> in her life. Dirty, dirty boy. He looked at me and said, honey, you don't know the things I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. I made that up, but. Um, it's a flight I shared with Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, he was actually on your flight, not just in the airport. He was the first person in the first seat in first class. That's awesome. Yeah. You should have hit him with like a, tr- a food tray and pinned him. No, this guy was a rock. No, you should have just jumped on him. Been like, I thought you said he was Kenny Omega. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You have jumped on his lap and be like, now you're Kenny Beta, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It worked out very well for me. <laughs> so, speaking if of. If you look out your left window, you will see on the wing a man getting his ass beat by Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of The Rock, Rob. There's a good transition Why don't you right tell there. It's about uh, Jumanji 2, as he has. Two beers. <laughs> well, you guys, all minutes. of you saw Ju- Rob's just all of you out. saw Jumanji one, right? Yes. Now the one with Robin Williams or the the first one in this series. Okay. Yes, I have. Also, yes. No. Okay. I. Oh, you did not see the first Jumanji? No. Oh, Gerwin, you're missing out. It's actually a really funny movie. It's it's very enjoyable. It's worth watching. Um. But Jumanji 2, you'll be happy to know, holds on to a lot of the humor that they have in the first one. Is it is it as good or as funny? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of up to interpretation. The I mean, in my opinion, like 97% of the time, the first one is always better. But this one is very enjoyable, and you see a little bit of flexibility a little bit of uh i almost want to say like better acting skills from the rock and kevin hart because you can tell that they actually put some effort into playing different people playing their role right Uh, because in the movie that if you probably guys saw the trailer you probably know that people like jump into them and they right um danny devito ends up jumping into the rock and danny glover ends up jumping into kevin hart (laughs) <laughs> and they actually did a really good and and spoiler alert there's a little bit more body jumping in this so those aren't the only two personalities that they play yeah and not in the movie. me jumping into Kenny Omega's lap yes correct correct there is no Kenny Omega in this movie nice. let me do the but, uh, oh sorry I was going to do but, the about this movie stuff there there was there was an explanation that came in probably about halfway through the movie that I was like, that's why the movie poster looks like that. Okay, I got you. Yeah, a little bit of the uh, the uh, technical uh, things, I guess you could say, Greg, what do you got? Yeah, uh, released on December 13th. So this past week for when we're recording Friday the 13th. Yes. Directed by Jake Kasdan. 
who uh oh he's a director on the show fresh off the boat nice yeah well, so a writer then, director fresh off the boat uh Lockhart, which is good uh, of course Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which we talked about, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Aquafina, Danny DeVito, Karen Gillan, etc., etc. And then the official tagline in Jumanji, the next level, the gang is back, but the game has changed. As they return to rescue one of their own, the players will have to brave parts unknown from arid deserts to snowy mountains to escape the world's most dangerous game. Yeah. Why? I didn't. I didn't why this character returns to the world? Uh, I will. I guess I'll find out. Uh, I mean, I can tell you if you want to know. I mean, it's no, it, it, it's it. I don't need it. Well, I mean, it's something that you find out very quickly. Sure. I mean, it, it, he's he's it's one of those like um, d- depression things. Like after live after being in that world and actually being somebody uh, craves it again. Yeah, he he feels he fe- because his friends kind of move on. They're all doing great things with their lives, and he's kind of stuck in school. He's doing the the nine to five thing, the working and. People are ignoring, and he's in New York, so he feels like a nobody. So this is what's going to happen to you, Carwin, when you're no longer on the podcast. I'm already there. You're going to be horrified and sad all the time, Our, and you're going to want to come back, but it's it's dangerous and life threatening to come back. And there, were- <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. And there was a surprise character. I didn't realize who the villain was in this movie. Uh, it- uh, it's um. Mozart, oddly <clears throat> enough. Um, no, it's Spawn. No. Spawn is in the movie. Hitler. It's Sandor. Oh. Sandor Clegane. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rory. Uh, He's very large. Rory. He, he plays the villain in the movie. I was like, and it and, and Jen kind of had to point it out to me because I'm like, God, he looks familiar. Who the hell is that? She's like, it's, Jen it's the dog like, from Game of Thrones. Oh. The dog. The, the dog, <laughs> the dog. Yes, it was Shaggy Dog. <laughs> he looks way it different was. without like the sm- face and like the the hair. Like you, you look yeah. at him in, in regular pictures doing like a press junket, he looks totally different. Yeah, he was like a model or something beforehand, which is weird. Um, actually, the guy who played Braun was in a um, like a, a, a music group, boy band yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, boy band. Yep. And bottom line, the movie is actually very enjoyable. We had a lot of fun going to see the movie. We really enjoyed it. It was funny. It kept our interest. There was it had a nice story to it. It, it it's well worth it's well worth a uh a matinee <clears throat> price to go see it. Give me five rating. I you don't need to go see it opening day. I don't even know that you need to see it in IMAX, but it's 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 worth the admission price to go see it on a matinee. Cool. Uh, I I will be for kids. Yeah, I was kind of for kids. There, well, I mean, there's there's obviously the the deaths that you know Jumanji has the shocking deaths, mm-hmm. like with uh, people getting eaten by eaten. hippos and what's it rated? Yeah, mauled yeah. by X. Oddly enough, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's PG thirteen, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. It's got to be PG thirteen. Pretty much every movie is PG thirteen. Bear midriff, <laughs> and it's it's lovely midriff. I do like me some Karen Gillian. Oh, I thought you meant the Rock. Not a surprise. 
<laughs> no, surprisingly, The Rock has no bear midriff in this movie. Damn it. What well, about I'm his not going to see it then. Supple. <laughs> very, very supple. I'm sure. Although, although one of the scenes, uh, now mm. that I think about it, one of the scenes from the trailer that I saw is actually not in the movie again. The scene where The Rock is leaning over somebody and he's bouncing his pecs. He's like, yeah, yeah, look what I can do. Look what I can do with my pecs. That scene's not in the movie. <laughs> can you, that sorry, what'd you say? Trailer? Can you say that again? You, yeah. You, you were imagining The Rock's pecs bouncing, weren't I you, was, Jimmy? No, I was just really enjoying you saying that. I'm still looking at the picture of Kumail Nanjani. <laughs> <laughs> so let's review one more movie here. A movie that I literally have not heard of at all until Rob texted me and said, do you want to go see this? I still know nothing about it. No, it's not go see it. It's on Netflix, dude. Oh. And I told you that in the text, genius. Yeah, so going to see it is like like the new movie on Netflix. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, what the hell is Six Underground? And why do I want to walk five feet to watch it? (laughs) <laughs> so Six Underground is a movie directed by Michael Bay, starring Ryan Reynolds, Melanie Laurent, Ben Hardy, Dave Franco, who you may know, Greg, Edria Arjona, and Corey Hawkins, released on the 13th of this month in the year of our Lord, December Friday 2019. 19th. <laughs> Friday the 13th. 19th. Again, Friday the 13th. So how was it? It was actually surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah. What do you say? It, I, I enjoyed it overall. Oh, okay. As far as as the the plot was was good. It was low on story, you know, but that's expected from like a Michael Bay action movie. But it was an action movie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, right. but like I said, overall I enjoyed it. I you know, it was pretty good. A surprisingly good. Like he kind of held back from his like, and, Michael Bayness. Over the last few movies that he's done, like it's surprisingly reeled in, but still like good, like fantastical action, but not like so over the top where you're like, yeah, Ninja Turtle wouldn't be able to do that. Okay. (laughs) There are Ninja Turtles in this movie then. (laughs) I will say that, that like the first 10 minutes of the movie it's quite possibly one of the greatest car chase sequences I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the first 10 minutes of the movie is a full on balls to the wall car chase sequence. And it is, it is top quality, very well done. And they spent, I think they blew probably 75% of the budget in that opening car. Chase it was, sequence. I would, I would actually now, put that on like the Mad Max Fury level kind of car chase. <laughs> it was, it was very good but kept in like a city, mm. you know? Yeah. How long is in this Italy. movie? Uh, it's like, it was a little over two, two hours, hours and change. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It sounds worth an afternoon's investment. And it thing. starts off with now, like a little, little bit of voiceover and then it jumps into this car chase thing. And like, you're immediately invested because it like, like Rob said, it's really exciting. And the guys are just going at it and they're, you know, someone's injured already and they're trying to save them, but then they're fighting over here and shooting over there. And I mean, like it draws you in like right away. No, damn. Now there, 
That being said, there are a couple of sequences where they didn't lay it out so well. And I was confused at certain points where I'm like, wait, are we watching a flashback? Yes. Or <laughs> is is this an origin story or is this current? What what What's happening here? I don't understand. They did a lot of back and forth so with the timeline. They're, and if you're not paying attention, which yeah. I wasn't, there were a couple times I was like, wait a minute. This is... Okay, this is definitely the past, but I don't know who's past. How did we get here? Yeah, I didn't know which person they were talking about. Right. And yeah, so you kind of have to pay attention to this, you know, dumbass action movie, because otherwise you're going to miss something. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I don't know what we're talking about right now, <laughs> which is unusual for a dumbass action yeah. movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. Okay, now I remember this one. This mm. is the one with the movie poster that everyone is looking in a different direction. Okay. That's because they're being they're being shot at from all different directions, so they have to. You know. It's a very important question for me. Do they play the song Six Underground by the Sneaker Pimps? I don't know that song. I have no idea. I don't know that song. It's like, take me down. Then no. No, with the girl with the female vocalist. They don't? I don't know. Not I'm that you recall? No. That's a no shame. <laughs> Okay. I need some drum beats behind it. I have it. no There's idea. A drum beats. A lot of bass it's in like, the songs. You would definitely know the song if you heard it. It's used in a lot of trailers. It's a very like mellow song. So uh, it's um, yeah. No, oh, I guess I'll just have to watch it and find out for myself then. It's mm. it sounds cool. I really really like Ryan Reynolds. It's it's worth an afternoon's investment. Okay, it, it definitely is. It's. It's enjoyable. There's a lot of great action in it. Ryan Reynolds, I think, is is funny. He he's playing he's, he's playing the Ryan Reynolds role. Yeah. So he do, he he does it very well. Yeah. I think he's super funny. My fiance calls him my boyfriend, but she doesn't actually know that's Kerwin. <laughs> so, so many cold nights camping together. Oh no, those are warm nights. With only each other for warmth. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's florida yeah, we we chopped down like half a forest one time and burnt it all yeah and a mattress shield my body from the mosquitoes with yours <laughs> cool are we are we moving on from six underground to something way way more sexy uh i mean so definitely see it you're thinking you guys are thinking yeah i recommend yeah it. no definitely. it's it's definitely i mean if you've got netflix it's worth watching yeah it's I, I'd say it's it's one of Michael Bay's better movies in recent years. Absolutely. OK. All right. Have to put it on <laughs> while I'm cleaning this weekend or something. I do like the Michael Bay. Oh, no. On the initial impression. Oh, section yeah. of the <laughs> well, I, was, I was doing like a little research today. Who's in it? You know, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> there, there was a, a one scene where I was like, oh, Michael, oh, Michael Bay. Bay is definitely doing this one where it's like cars are crashing. And then you see like an explosion of sparks flying from things where nothing is actually crashing into them. It's just, you know, random sparks are shooting up, you know, as if random <laughs> pedestrians are just standing off to the side with Roman candles like. Feel like shooting these off right now, or just like grinding, grinding plates of metal. Just, yeah, they got the grinders know, as one, one trying to. They're practicing for their show. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, it's time. Yes, so excited to talk about this. 
Kerwin, um, we had you choose a movie for us to watch and talk about uh, as as your feature. And uh, which movie might that be, sir? Um, well, you wanted like um, some sort of a B-movie-ish Christmas type of a thing. And what popped into my head was Gremlins. Because that was one of my favorite yes. like childhood movies for Christmas yep. that also had monsters in it. And I just always loved that movie. Yep. And I haven't seen it in a long time. So that's the first one that popped into my head. Oh, I was so excited to and and like you, I have not seen Gremlins in its entirety in twenty plus years. Uh easy. So when you tasked us with this, I was more than happy to rent it for the two ninety nine on um on Amazon or was it three ninety nine? Anyway, it's uh it was released in nineteen eighty four. Uh, it's directed by Joe Dante, starring Hoyt Axton, Zach Gilligan, Phoebe Cates, that Phoebe Cates, and also, yes, that Corey Feldman and Dick Miller, R.I.P. Um, the synopsis yeah. of this movie, if you don't know, it was actually a very well-written synopsis. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small, well, toe, but town. <laughs> Uh, I also saw this. I did see this movie in the theater, and I'm pretty sure that was the last time I saw it. It occurs to me that the re this movie scared the shit out of me, and it did because I was seven when I saw it for the first time. Yeah, when I was a kid, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was like a comedy as well as a horror movie. And I, to me, it was just yes. it was just like freaky and frightening. But I loved it at the same time. You know, like the the mm -hmm. scenes where like uh, you know the gremlin gets hit on the head, you know, Strep got hit in the head, and it's like the stars are circling his head. Yep, the sounds of it, and you know. To me, as a kid, that didn't register as comedy. I was still just like, but it's still a freaky gremlin. He just got hit on the head, you know. Yeah, I very I, like. I really, I distinctly remember seeing this, leaving the theater, and we went to a store, like a, I think it was, it was Hills, but which is like a store like Target or whatever in Pittsburgh. And I remember someone, my mom, asking me if I wanted to get a stuffed gizmo. And I was like, hell no, <laughs> <laughs> not nope, not happening. <laughs> Don't and the other weird little thing, thing, the other weird little thing, which I'm sure you guys saw, this movie was released the same freaking weekend as Ghostbusters. Which was is, it really? It's crazy to me because they do not do that anymore with major tentpole releases. Because I, the, the studios make their money on the first week, yeah, um, more so now than in the past, and it's just crazy that they released these two major movies on the same weekend, although they did not think gremlins was going to do very well. They were just kind of making it as a favor to Spielberg, mm -hmm. but so let's, let's dive in. Uh, what, what, what you got guys? My very yep. first, um, thing with this, uh, I, I remember this just being a really fun movie with a very cute character in gizmo. And uh, the very first thing, man, I, I there was so much of this movie I did not remember. And it was uh, Miss Deagle coming into the bank with her <laughs> imported Bavarian snowman head. Oh, God. Uh, and she's give me the beast. Yeah, she's threatening Billy, uh, blaming, you know, his dog for for causing this. And, uh, you know, she's 
being threatening in all sorts of manners and the dog uh Gets out she, she is sadistic desk. as hell. She was yeah. going to threaten to put the dog in her spin dryer on high heat. Yeah. <laughs> and the, it just cuts to some random dude and he's like, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had experience. Wow. And then the dog attacks her. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. And they're, oh, oh, oh. I got a weak heart. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Which comes and goes depending on her mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hated man. her worse than the gremlins. Oh, yeah. she, she has the best death, and like, it's the only one that you're like, yes, yes. Yeah. Pretty much everyone that I grew up around in Boca was <laughs> that was that lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I when I worked at uh, at Publix, actually, they were. Uh, one of the one of the women came through and I tried to hand her her change and she said and she said uh, that I should put it on the counter and not come in contact with her. And the reason why was, do you know, do you know who my husband is? He's a lawyer. I'm like, what does that make you? <laughs> well, I'm a like, lot of people are lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And not. do you know how dirty these coins are? Trust me, my hands are not nearly as dirty as these coins are they've been yeah, around true. but anyway yeah so she Got was a definitely a handful of ass pennies you do very large handful no, of ass pennies. no he's, he's got an ass full of ass pennies right now <laughs> yeah so so she was definitely a, a little bit of throwback for me with like oh yeah i remember people like her mm-hmm. obviously exaggerated but still close enough yeah I like how she could like strut through town carrying that head, but then needed to ride that chair up the stairs. That's good. She probably felt like she didn't have to walk herself up the stairs. I mean, you know, maybe she that entitled. I mean, she couldn't hold a cat on her lap while walking, I guess. I do think it's funny that this movie has all sorts of monsters and other crazy things. And we, we felt the need to talk about this horrific old rich lady. Before we even got to the key part of the movie, which is the the lovely three rules, which I think even as a kid I had a hard time wrapping my brain around. Yeah, All right, so the because most, technically the most not thought out rules ever. Isn't it always after midnight? That, yeah, that was the first one. Always after midnight. Immediately. Well, I loved in Gremlins too, though when they addressed that, and they're like, "Well, what if he goes through a time zone and then it's midnight, and or like the the caraway seed falls out of his teeth after midnight when he ate it at eleven o'clock." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know. the, there was that, and of course the fact that there's quite a bit of moisture in the air. Yeah, and, and the fact that they are spending the gremlins are spending. They're not allowed to touch water. If you guys don't know this out there, which I don't know how you're listening to us and not knowing that, but they're not allowed to touch water, and they do spend quite a bit of time in the snow, which is frozen water. Also, they drink a ton of beer, which is mostly water. <laughs> and one of the first things Randall Peltzer tells Billy is. Don't give him anything to drink. True. True. Yeah. So there's a whole time they're dumping beer down their throats. They should all be multiplying into like really drunken gremlins. Mm-hmm. So I think they should have probably switched up the rules a little bit, but it was still fun. It still led to some, you know. It was the 80s. They didn't think shit out. Not yeah. For sure. Which is what made these movies fun. Yes. Uh, of course, they did have the uh, the Asian shopkeeper, the very mysterious Asian shopkeeper, which is always a fun 80s movie trope. The, <laughs> uh, you kind of forget that we were really distanced from China for a very long time. 
until like Nixon kind of opened that up to us and people really thought of like China as a, a whole other world. Yeah. And they, you know, a lot of these eighties movies really kind of delved into that. We had a whole damn theme park in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, so I, I thought that was kind of, they all like the eighties movies tend to do that. The creepy Asian shop or the magical <laughs> well, like big trouble in little Asian China shop. is definitely the most prominent yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I love that movie too. Oh. Uh, I found that in my stash. Um, nice. Yeah. Like from night. when you were eating earlier or something? No, I was or? trying to find, um, uh, the, uh, the seasons of psych, that we have kind of tucked away in all our, our boxes. And I, I found big trouble in little China and I said, Oh man, I only bought this cause it's got a really cool cover. Uh, but, uh, we'll have to watch that for sure. Oh, shut your mouth. That movie is no, excellent. I, it's a fantastic I, I movie. like own a bunch of copies of it, but I see a new cover. I'm like, Oh, cool. You have a bunch of copies. Oh, of okay. it. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So of course guys, the, they, Inventor father. Yes. The, every movie in the 80s had an inventor. Uh, the well-meaning uh, just out to improve the quality of, of people's lives and, and make uh, things more accessible and also get rich at the same time. But uh, he struck me as very much uh, – you guys remember those those videos from Oat Studios that we watched, The Cooking with Bill? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's where those came from. I mean, he made the, you know, the, the onion chopper that came out, but he like chopped somebody's arm off on accident. Um, mm. That that was totally, that wouldn't exist without uh, the character from this film. The, the actor, Hoyt Axton, who played this, mm-hmm. did you see the, that he actually wrote the song Joy to the World by Three Dog Night? <laughs> really? No. And his mom wrote the song Heartbreak Hotel for for Elvis. Hmm. Was like, wow. Well. well. Yeah, whenever I look at these, like look up the actors, and I'm, it'll say like you know so and so soundtrack, and he's he's very much not alive anymore. He's been dead for several several years, but he actually had a credit very recently as a result of his uh, his last credit was uh, oops, I just misspelled it. I get to it is not Hoyt action Hoyt action. Which would be a good. Sounds name. like an action hero. <laughs> uh he uh let's see here he just had a credit in in zombie land Dum- double tap <laughs> was, oh really yeah no he wrote the song never been to spain so yeah, neither was, am i uh, so i have something <laughs> in common with mr x <laughs> action <laughs> <laughs> nice so anyway he's a he's an inventor he's a bumbling inventor I've and never of course been to spain <laughs> <laughs> That's your your what you say every time before you blow away a hobo with a shotgun. As I'm holding the lighter, I've never been to Spain, and then I just throw it into the gasoline. Yep, yep. <laughs> of course, the guy that runs the little Asian store that sells this this gremlin, this Mogwai, he sees the inventor like screw up multiple times before deciding it's a good idea to sell this very <laughs> dangerous animal. Well, no, actually he doesn't actually, agree. He told him no. Yeah. He told him no. It was the kid mm-hmm. who ran the Mogwai out to uh, Randall yeah. afterwards without telling his grandmother. Yeah. Well, the kid should have known better too. Cause I, I believe, what did the guy do? He like, 
his invention like squirted him or something or he broke something. I don't know. Either way, definitely Dude, not. My, my favorite plan. part of the bathroom buddy was that he's like, you've got your mirror and it's like attached to it. So you can't even use the other items. You can't shave yeah. or brush with the mirror. Like, it's like it's all up in your face at the same time. Dab yourself. You can't see face. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Also like that it constantly was spraying stuff on his face. Yeah. You would like that. But, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, played, well played, sir. I was, those comments are reserved for Rob. Thank you very much. The Sapporo is slowing him down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob's like, damn it, I was going to say what? it. That's what <laughs> Rob is caught in a time loop Please, now because he, he wasn't able to say what he wanted to. Now he's not going to be able to. He's <laughs> broke, Rob. He's I broken. have a new nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Was this movie darker than you guys remembered? No, actually, it was no. funnier than I remembered. Because, like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't get that it was really a comedy. So, mm-hmm. like, as an adult, I was like, now I get it. There was, those are jokes that I get now. Uh, one part was darker than I remembered. Well, maybe a few, but there were- I, remembered, I remembered the microwave part and the juicer part. Oh, yeah. God, that I did not remember scene. mom going hog wild with the knife oh yeah she stabbed the way... crap out of that one yeah and then threw it in the microwave yeah yeah way more exactly. visceral and violent violent than i thought dude after dude. she killed those three right <laughs> then she grabs the two knives out of the knife block and she looks back at the microwave and gives it that dirty look like that's what you get it was like damn yeah do not fuck with billy's mom no kidding and by the Is way, she... um, other than the theater blowing up, she had the highest kill count for Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, oh, she went wild on those things. It was great. Yeah. Um, there some of the the comments, I think um, there's the part where Billy and whatever Phoebe Kate's character's name is, they're walking and they're talking about Dick Miller's character and how he's depressed and Phoebe Kate says, you know, some people open gifts on the holidays and other people open their wrists. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> God, what? Yeah. And uh, a little. Uh, and then her story about Santa. Yeah. yeah. I That's not a thing I would have picked up on when I was five. But they, but they played that scene up like both straight and both comedy and. I read that like Steven Spielberg wanted to pull it and a lot of the other executives wanted to pull it. And Dante was just like, no, like that's the whole point of the movie is that it's both comedy and serious. Like, like that one scene describes the movie and Spielberg like had enough faith in him to like, let him keep it in there. And it's a good thing he did because I was mortified when she was telling (laughs) that story. Now, uh, some other things that were uh, that weren't as mortifying, but I think uh, Miss Deagle had the best death, uh, probably the most fun death. Yeah. Uh, we we talked about she has one of those little um, stair assist uh, chairs, and mm-hmm. she's got a uh, spiral staircase that seemingly goes on forever. And she comes her, down in a one story house. Yeah. Or two story house. She comes. Yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, when she comes down with her cat, it's very clear that it's just like one flight. But uh, the gremlins hotwire this thing. But you can't skip how they were able to sneak in because 
the gremlins apparently are geniuses because they did dress as carolers to get her attention. Yeah. yeah. And she was going to throw water on them. And she was going to throw water on them, which would have been, you know, a bad idea in a way. So it would have been more of them. But it but, might have bought her a couple of seconds. But if you really think about it, that was, she was really planning on throwing water on a bunch of kids, thinking yeah. that they were kids. <laughs> but while they were, <laughs> were going to do that, it turned out that it was gremlins and they hotwired her little her cart. And it's – I love how the gremlins are born geniuses. Like, dude, I couldn't hotwire an electric chair. She can – these these gremlins can just hot wire chairs they dress themselves into in costumes i mean the one that dressed up as like a burglar yeah in the bar oh yeah the gun oh man <laughs> Steam you you're, you're like a dale Not even, Rob, yeah. i i do want to make some gremlin christmas decorations where the gremlins are dressed as carolers to put in my front yard so we need to figure that out all right let's do it yeah i think it needs to happen because I, I totally can, forgot. And then you can part. just play that sound bite on a loop where they're outside going. My neighbors would uh, beat my ass. I love how they were they were mocking the movie, you know, the hi-ho, hi-ho. I'm getting really forward here. But um, did you guys know that Howie Mansell voiced Gizmo? Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that at all until I hit pause Dude. on the movie. You mean Mandel? And did you know Michael Winslow voiced like half of the gremlins? Adele Dazim. Yes. Oh, I'm not surprised. Michael Winslow is amazing. Yeah. Um, There is a scene early on in the movie where Dick Miller, his character mentions the gremlins bringing down the planes in World War II. Uh, That is actually based on actual accounts of British pilots in Mm -hmm. World War II, which is a very, very interesting story. Um, In the the 19... What was it? Uh, Early 40. Well, yeah, it was. So this may have been World War One, actually. Um, this these experiences started happening in 1923. A British pilot causes uh, crashed his plane into the sea. Later, reporting that the accident had been caused by tiny creatures, uh, <gasps> were described as gremlins. They were said to engage in not fumes that got into his oxygen supply. Definitely not. That was Lindbergh. So there were there were different accounts. Isn't that a kind of a smelly cheese? Um, yes, Limburger. They were said to slash tires, etc. Et and there were there was even evidence, uh, unexplained evidence found on um, these planes uh, that these these pilots had experienced. So uh, critters and gremlins, very loosely based on true stories. Hmm. Ooh. Much like that the was Foo Fighters that we mentioned earlier were uh, based off of, I think, Korea, mm-hmm. Korean War, when they saw like the blips in the sky and they called them the Foo Fighters, the, the UFOs. Yeah, they said, uh, yeah, I found a little, that'd be cool if there's a book about this. I'd like to read that as well. But there's there's a lot of art about the gremlins that were um, crashing planes, both in both wars, actually. It, uh, there was reports in the, for the Royal Naval Air Service in 1917 and 18, and then also in World War II. So, very interesting history, people. You are listening to this for your for historical accuracy. 
you are listening to the history podcast actually if you guys want to hear more about that you can check out episode number 32 of lore the episode titled tampered it's a very good one but we do our best to be accurate (laughs) allegedly yes so let's uh I want to talk a little bit about a couple things here. One, one of which, first of all, I don't believe that Billy's family decorated with swords on the walls. That's really, really lame. Horribly lame. Uh, I say, screw you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) However, it turned out to be very important because uh, they were able to use those swords to murder. Great, man. I love the kill. Are you you expecting some gremlins to attack your house at some point? They ain't going to get very far. You you never know. I got it covered if they do, though. Rob straight. (laughs) I can literally see one, two, three, four, five five swords hanging up on the wall right behind Rob's head as I say that. (laughs) Hell, in Florida, you could expect a Zimmerman to break into your house at any time, you know? True, true. So we got to uh, chop his head off. <laughs> my, the, the, everybody who knows me, me has already determined that in the event of a zombie apocalypse, they're all coming to my house. It's true. He's got I've armor. the same thing. People always want to come to my house for that. This is the team right here, gentlemen. I'm so mm-hmm. dead in the I'm so dead in the, the uh, sitting gray out of bait. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the hottest one. So I'm the slowest one, I believe. <laughs> Rule one, number one, baby. I'm, I'm the one most likely to trip over my own feet while mm-hmm. escaping. We'll just tie yeah. a rope to you, and it will like reel you in when there's trouble. <laughs> 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 nice. Like those cartoons where they pull the dollar bill away from the uh, the people who are trying. Exactly. To it then out. we'll draw out more of the zombies, and we'll be able to like, oh, that's where they're coming from, and just kill them all. Yeah. I, I want to talk about. Can I, we talk about the one adorableness of the Mogwai? One of the, you know, we've been talking about Baby Yoda quite a bit here, but the Mogwai was one of the first major cute, so ugly that they're cute kind of characters. And nothing really good happens to this Mogwai throughout Mm, the movie. God, he's got to be just completely traumatized, man. Um, So we're talking about Gizmo and he's adorable. Mm -hmm. He gets water spilled on him, which causes him to birth bubble. He bubbled babies from his back. Mogwai lits, I believe. I felt so bad. Did you notice how bad he was in in the state that he was after he popped out all those babies off him? He was just like shaking. I felt so bad for that little. You got a camera flash in the face, which technically could kill them. Oh yeah, that camera flash freaked him out. Uh, even the 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 love interest in the movie, Phoebe Cates, gets in a car and like freaks out and almost kills him <laughs> when, she, like, gets, when she gets in the car. And he's like, "No, no, she, he's fine. He's a good guy." Uh, of course, he's with uh, me. Yeah, he of course gets tortured by uh, by Stripe. Stripe and the other gremlins. Yeah. Thro- thrown down a laundry chute, which is actually the best thing that could have possibly happened to him because he was away from the other gremlins. Which I thought, you know, the, at least he's out of the out of well, I don't know. I think the man. best thing that happened to him was being able to drive that remote controlled car that inexplic- yes. inexplicably had like gas pedals mm-hmm. and like a gear shift, apparently. And yeah, I was wondering that. Like, since when do do Barbie uh, do like the Barbie race car actually work like a real one? <laughs> actually, I think 
I think the best thing that happened to him was probably being returned to the Chinese guy. (laughs) (laughs) He returns with the stories of how I destroyed an entire town. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, The Gizmo, the Mogwai, by the way, I I love the little facts that you can find out. Apparently the fur color for Gizmo Mm -hmm. was based on one of Spielberg's dogs. That's why, like, he has a couple, like, splotches of white in it, like, different areas. Is that Spot? I do not know exactly which dog it was, but it was definitely one of the little, one of the fun little facts. So, uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, Billy, in fact, not played by David Naughton. <laughs> who I remember. <laughs> oh, the guy from American Werewolf in London is in that movie. No, it wasn't who else, him. Who else didn't play Billy? Jack Nicholson, also not Billy. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, also not Billy. But there was a very and, young Corey Feldman in this. There was. There was. Who did not play Billy? <laughs> he did not play Billy. Jason Momoa. <laughs> nor his pecs played Billy. <laughs> um, they, but, you know, they tried to get actual real life monkeys to play the gremlins. But that they they tried it, but they stuck a gremlin head on a on a monkey and did not and did not end well. It freaked, freaked out, out and threw its feces threw all feces. over a school and trapped yeah, frosting it. all over the place. <laughs> Full circle, gentlemen. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so how many um how many people were killed in this movie? In the movie in the plot of the movie, not while making the movie. Do do we do we keep a running count? I didn't. Does somebody have the actual number? Can we guess at it or yeah, are we just ahead. guess away? I have the actual You have number. it. You have the actual number. Verified. It's it's on screen deaths, not just sort of like uh on, on screen deaths that were were pretty much verified. Because well, so I'm really not, that many. No. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm not. Because I'm, I'm not in the car accident. Even Futterman was like implied, but then he came back for the sequel. Because he didn't see him the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was implied. Yeah, but they, did say that they do during the movie say that he gets killed, that they got killed. But then he came back, so he didn't. Yeah. For the purposes yeah. of just like, I'm gonna say four. Uh, fuck. I'll say five. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to have the same answer. Right, four. Rob. Okay. <laughs> Give me six. The answer is four. The teacher, <laughs> the teacher, hypodermic to the butt, Ruby Deagle launched, and Murray mm-hmm. and Shirley Futterman plow. Now, you can also assume that based on the car accident that, that Mike happened, from Breaking Bad was killed. Yeah. Po- yes, yeah, possible because of the car accident. <clears throat> but other than that. I was like, oh, my God, it's Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He that's not yeah. even correct. Like I said, the Futtermans came back in the sequel. So they're not yeah, even. Pretty, like, and the sequel didn't really come out because it wasn't very good. Uh, Gizmo I mean, dressed up exists. like Rambo. Okay, that part was good. Shot a flaming arrow. <laughs> so then, if you take away, then there was only two deaths. I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah. To survive war, and I, you gotta and I become a crapload of, crap of gremlins. Got got themselves killed. Now we were talking about this earlier off off camera, but the town should probably look very familiar to anyone that saw movies in the '80s because it is, of course, the same set as Back to the Future's Hill Valley. Mm-hmm. And filmed right around the same time as well. The, the year before, basically. Yeah. And uh, of course, that movie theater <clears throat> that gets gets torched in this movie, as I uh, when you were talking about that earlier. So, 
yeah. join the conversation. The uh, the uh, same theater they blew up to kill the gremlins was the same theater that Marty McFly drove the DeLorean when he came back to the future in 1985 from the past, smashed it into it, trying to rescue himself and the doc from getting gunned down by Libyan terrorists. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Nice. And the Libyans. Speaking of the doc, the episode of Psych that I watched last night had Christopher Lloyd in it. Nice. Wow. Who, Christopher Lloyd played Doc Brown in Back to the Future. And guys, what was his occupation? Scientist? I was going to say scientist, yeah. Scientist slash inventor? Yes. Inventor. I, I see what you're hinting at. I am. And uh, the other thing is that theater burnt to the ground, which I guess when you said when they're filming uh, part two. Yeah, it was after Back to the Future part two. Then like a, a lot of that whole lot burned to the ground, including the theater. Uh, <laughs> it's always sad when you hear about places that burnt, like have some sort of history to them. That, I mean, that's just a set. But yeah, uh, like, there's a couple places I'm like, oh, man, I would like to see that. Although, it's like but, the world's oldest tree. Yeah, in Sanford, or um, uh, honestly, it's a lot of places that true crime things happen, like the garage that uh, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre happened in, or the the murder hotel. Oddly, both in Chicago, but or the garage that the uh, the frat boy cannibal chewed off that guy's face in Florida. Did that burn to the ground? No, but well, well let's go. <laughs> let's go find out. Let's, are they yeah. giving tours? Uh, maybe. You can visit the facade of a building where Jack the Ripper preyed on his victims in Delray Beach. That is true. I've been you there. Can, and you can have a delightful uh, shepherd's pie there. I had a Coke. <laughs> Maybe two. Like <laughs> cocaine? Coca-Cola. What? <laughs> Was that Alexa? Alexa just started talking. Yeah, please select your default browser. I don't know. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about business here. Uh, Gremlins had an eleven million dollar budget. It made one hundred and fifty three point one million dollars. Nice. Yeah. That's a nice ROI. Yeah, that's a great movie for eleven million dollars, man. That's like Dude, the creature effects in that were great. Oh, and yeah. I gotta say, the one with Stripe's skeleton busting out of that fountain at the end—that was no. great. that was fantastic. I love that one. Yeah, creeped me out as a kid, but I loved it. I loved all the detail that even you know you watch we. If you ever watch the scene where uh, Gage in in Pet Cemetery drops down from the attic and is attacking his father, it's just so obvious that it's a doll and it's so bad that you know they didn't care what happened when when a character was like manhandling one of the smaller characters or anything but in this movie every time billy picks up gizmo or he like sets him down or it's obviously stuffed they still paid so much attention to the little movements that gave it life and that's what makes this movie so um is so much more fun and interesting um, I just, you know, there's one other little fact that I found that I think is hilarious. So Phoebe Cates was pretty much America's sweetheart around that time mm-hmm. because of mm. fast times at Ridgemont high. However, she was kind of America's sweetheart to adults 
And there was some concerns about putting her in this movie because she had just been very, very, very naked, like extraordinarily naked in Fast Times. Well, only topless. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, but exceptionally naked. (laughs) (laughs) Rob is Googling it right now. Oh, no. Rob's got it right up here. (laughs) So Phoebe Cates, of course, America's Sweetheart. Zach Galligan, who is this is pretty much his first movie role. Uh, and basically he, there's an article where he, they interviewed him and he was talking about the fact that they, they did the tryouts together and he, you know, he's supposed to like, they're supposed to have some connection or whatever. And he's like, they're talking and so on and so forth. Then there was like a lull, but he realized that Spielberg was doing, was there was, and didn't call, I'm sorry, the per, the director was there and hadn't called cut. So he decided to just like cuddle up with Phoebe Cates and like put his head on his shoulder just to like show that they were like inner like connected. So apparently Spielberg saw that part of the tape and that's why I hired him. He said, Oh, look, he's already in love with her. So that's sweet. And you're like, Oh, that's adorable. The next quote is from Phoebe Cates. He's like, I don't really remember that he was ever there. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> he was like, I got this role because I got the cuddle up with Phoebe Cates. And she's like, Oh, I auditioned with him. <laughs> Ouch. Damn. Wow. And then also she said he was talking about like the kiss and she was like, yeah, it was like kissing my brother. And he was like, well, oh. well Spielberg was watching and I was nervous. And she's like, yeah, I was just like kissing my brother. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. <laughs> she she's murdered Zach Galligan with her words. So That's why we've not seen him since. <laughs> but. So I can imagine the contention it. on Gremlins 2 after that. <laughs> right? Right? Though, thankfully, I think the conversation happened much later. What is, what is he doing now? Zach Galligan. Is he still, like, acting? Yeah. Uh, working at a supermarket <laughs> somewhere. Uh, or... He married Ling H. Ingerich. He is, uh, he's still acting. He was, he's, he was in a movie called Camp Out, spelled with a K. Oh, yeah, that sounds that like a serious great. film. Does does that count as awesome acting? Movie that uh, I did not wait. Hatchet three. Thank God for jaundice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Night, Night beasts. Night. I'm going. I'm going to scroll down until I see something I recognize. We are down to 2001. So so basically, he's in movies where they say Zach Galligan from Gremlins. And he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And then he dies thirty years ago. Okay, nineteen ninety-seven, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. There we Got go. it. How many episodes? Just one, playing Guy at Bar. <laughs> guy at Bar. <laughs> no, he was Chester Barnes. Oh, Chester, good guy. Warlock the Armageddon. A Tales from the Crypt episode, Hellraiser 3, Waxwork 2. Oh, Zach Galligan. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> he was in a movie called Nothing Lasts Forever. That was his movie right after Gremlins, and there you have it. <laughs> it sure didn't. But let's be honest. He, he has been in 73 films, so we should not we should not mock because none of us have been in any. I'm sure so. he's a good level four Scientologist at this point. Guys, the question we always ask when we watch this mo- a movie that we haven't that hasn't been around in a while or, mm-hmm. or is ripe for the remaking. Should they remake this movie or make a sequel? They should make a sequel. A sequel. I agree. Interesting. They absolutely should. <clears throat> what there would you should say? Be a they Gremlins could abs- again. 
they could absolutely do another movie with this with the same intellectual property, but I would not say that they should remake the original. Yes, no, they should. They should continue the story. Yes, I would rush out. They should continue. I would rush out to see a continuation. I would be very hesitant to see a remake. Some kids because- break into. Uh, into the the Asian store, the Asian shop owner is long dead, and everything's covered in dust. And they open up a they open up the basket and find the skeletal corpse of Gizmo. Put water <laughs> on it for some reason. Water to it. They're just like, hey, let's let's dump this in a pool. That's a, exactly. <laughs> we should write these movies, and yeah, and hilarity ensues. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. Would be, and I would actually. Be, I think it'd be very cool if they kept stuck with practical effects as much as they possibly could. Yeah. And this property totally lends itself to sequels. I mean, kind of like Friday the 13th or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where, you know, you can just continue to do the Fifty same. Gray, something like yeah, that. Yeah. You can just continue to do, you know, the same thing, but with different characters. And, you know, it's a completely different story. So. Mm-hmm. Inevitable episode or inevitable movie where the army is trying to get a hold of the gremlins yeah. to make the ultimate killing Actually, machine. It's interesting. It's kind of surprising they didn't make more than just two. Like everything else, they've done four, five, six of them, and they only stopped the two. The second one bombed bad. Yeah, it, it, like, was oh, it made like forty million. Yeah, it made like forty million dollars. So, okay, closing out gremlins here. <clears throat> Jimmy, ask the question. So as we talked about, we have an inventor, and it seemed to be a, a, a strong trope from the 80s. So we are going to ask, who are your five favorite inventors from 80s films? I will go ahead and answer that first. As I always do, my number five is going to be the dearly departed Egon from Ghostbusters. My number four, I might be reaching a little bit, but that's going to be Alan Bradley or Tron from the movie Tron. Number three, Randall Peltzer from the previously mentioned Gremlins film. Number two is Data from Goonies. Number one, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. This question came out of a little bit of a joke that we had. Uh, where I was talking about like, why are there so many inventors in 80s movies? Although, and one of the people that would have made it on my list was the father from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but that was the 90s, very early 90s. But I will go next. I'm, and our lists are going to be very similar, I think. Yeah. Um, Randall Pelter from Gremlins is my number five, uh, mostly because of the bumbling. There's the one that is different. Seth Brundle from The Fly. Seth Bumbleham. Yes. Yes, Seth Bumbleham. No, Seth Brundle from The Fly. Again, more bumbling. Uh, Egon, mentioned. Dearly departed. Data from Goonies. That's your number two as well. And Doc Brown from Back to the Future. A lot of Back to the Future. Maybe it was like put into our brain by seeing Hill Valley. Or seeing him in an episode of Psych this evening <laughs> true true who is next rob did you actually get a chance to answer this question i gonna... i actually have a list yes okay do you want me to go next or do you want kerwin to go next save oh. the guest for last oh yeah <laughs> well i i think our lists are going to be very similar at the top of the list so 
it, at the bottom of the list, I'm actually going to have an honorable mention. And and I was surprised when I started doing a little bit of research that there weren't quite as many as I thought there were. Yeah. Um, but there were definitely some that I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, I included one of those in the list. But I think our lists are going to end up being very similar. But my honorable mention, of course, is going to be Randall Pelter from the movie from tonight. That is Gremlins. Mm-hmm. So my number fun. five is, in fact, going to be Wayne Zielinski from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was released June 23rd, 1989, sir. Ooh. Suck it, Greg. Suck it. <laughs> Wayne Zielinski, number five. At number four, I'm going to put two guys from a movie that I loved as a kid because I was in love with Kelly LeBrock growing up. And that's going to be oh, Gary yeah. and Wyatt from Weird Science. Yeah. That's Love a good one. I'm sorry, Seth Brundle. You have to go now. <laughs> there you go. So Gary and Wyatt from Weird Science are going to be in my number four. My number three, and this is all pretty much standard fare from the rest on out. My number three is going to be Egon Spangler. My number two is going to be Data from the Goonies. And my number one has got to be Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Kerwin, what you got, sir? Yeah, Kerwin has to go last. When you said that the guest always has to go last, I was going to make some sort of orgy joke, and then I grossed myself out. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, if we were able to play back the video, you will see that I that I visually cringed in the video. <laughs> like, how dare I? <laughs> yeah, I am a sick, disgusting, filthy human. Kerwin, go. All right, so um, me. honorable mentions as well. Randall Peltzer did not make my list. But he was almost mm-hmm. on there. And then uh, another one, everyone from the movie Real Genius. Yep. Every yep. single one of them. So my number five would be Data from the Goonies. Okay. Ooh. All right. uh, number four would be Wolfgang Mueller from the movie The Explorers, played by River Phoenix. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm. Good one. Solid choice. All right. Number three would be Dr. Eldon Tyrell from Blade Runner, who created The Replicants. Uh, My number two would be Seth Brundle from The Fly. And my number one, like everyone else, Emmett Brown. Nice. Very nice. We know that would be number one. Nice. Is this the first time we had a consensus number one? I believe it is. And uh, we had four people. Wow. wow. So I mean, it somebody... seems like the obvious choice. It's like the most revolutionary, the most earth-shattering, universe-breaking invention. I mean, it's the only one that will yeah. destroy the entire universe. And the actor that played him was great at it. Yes. And oh, has a really. lovable character. And whatever. One last thing about Gremlins. I love the scene where Pelter is talking on the phone from the convention. When the time machine there's an, disappears? There's a, Yeah, there's an H.G. Wells time machine behind him. And then the next shot, it's gone, and people are looking at like where it was. <laughs> oh. God, that movie was so much fun. Thank you, Kerwin, for uh, for having us go uh, go down that trip down memory. I'm night. glad you all enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice, and thank you for joining us, sir. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, we will have you back soon. Now that uh, I'll have your back you, uh, soon. Hey. Oh, yeah, giggity! You will. <laughs> I just can't quit you. Rob just took back his alpha status as gross guy. <laughs> <laughs>
Ain't nobody taking my shit. <laughs> Unless they're getting it implanted. With that pill. It could be a pill. Or, <laughs> okay. or me throwing that at them. Yes. Okay, so Rob, do, do the context stuff. Mirroring it all over my body. Oh, uh, I am not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Uncomfortable. It's called Rob Frosting. we have a title rob frosting hell yeah this one we're actually gonna have to do a photo shoot for for the the the, the, for instagram so rob i'm gonna need you to be at my house with some frosting you guys have fun with that (laughs) that would be nowhere near oh my god i'm crying that's hilarious rob do the contact information where can people complain (laughs) so as always you can find us on facebook if you search for the give me five podcast you can reach us on twitter and instagram at give me five pod or you can email us directly with all of your complaints or suggestions give me five podcast at gmail.com and as always, guys, please leave us a review. It really helps us stand out from the crowd. It helps other people find us and deliver our magical frosting to the rest of the world. Your magical frosting. <laughs> Smells a bit. You know you love my frosting. Mm. So, guys, here's another thing. Yeah. We have a store. You can buy stuff. Give me five podcast.threadless.com. We you can get to that store via our uh, website Libsyn or give me five dot You can always see, see that in the show notes as well. Also, the fact that we can see each other right now is because we are using none of us are in the same room. We never are, mostly because of Rob. Yep. <laughs> no one wants to be near a restraining Rob order. Frosting. Yeah, yeah. No, no one wants to be near Rob covered in Rob Frosting. <laughs> So we record from different locations. We record through a website service, a web service called Squadcast. It is awesome. It has made the editing process really, really good. And we are an affiliate for Squadcast as of this episode. So if you guys are podcasters out there and are looking for a good solution to be able to podcast from different locations or interview people or do whatever, uh, it's pretty flawless. You can check out squadcast.fm. And it uh, is actually a very seamless visual addition as well. The, yeah. the visual component they don't have they don't have uh, functionality for recording the videos yet, but I believe they are working on it. Is that correct? That's Rick? the very next thing that they will un- that they will unveil. Yeah. So if you guys decide to do that, go to our um, go basically go to our uh, the gimme5.libsyn.com page. You will find a link for Squadcast there it has a reference number and we will get a little bit of money sent our way from them if you decide to check it out um if you have any questions about squadcast you can always reach us at give 5 podcast at gmail.com and i will be more than happy to help happy to help you through um these guys are really good anytime we've had problems which is very rare they're literally online able to help us like jump in fix whatever the problem is and go off so yeah i think like the one time that we had an issue they they told you how to fix it what in like 10 minutes yeah like wow. they were, they were on, they responded online and fixed the issue in like 10 minutes. It was like, holy crap. Yeah. Yep. So thanks for doing that for us. And thank you for listening. And thank you for joining us, Kerwin. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, sir. Good morning. Good afternoon. And take them jeans off. <laughs> <sighs> take that jeans off. 
take that jeans off. Take that jeans off. Do it now. Rub frosting for everyone. Guys, we've got a couple episodes coming up for you to uh, peruse. They might not be out at the point that this episode is out, but be on the lookout for our Star Wars. Uh, it was it Rise of Extravaganza. Yes, the uh, now I'm for, I'm an idiot. I'm forgetting the name. It's a uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yes, there we go. See, Rise of Skywalker. We will be covering that probably in a special episode, so be on the lookout for that. We have two more Mandalorian episodes to cover that have been out already, and technically three, because there'll be one more. So we'll be we got to do some episodes on episode six, seven, and eight of the Mandalorian. Uh, seven, pretty traumatic. Poor Rob. Mm-hmm. He said swear words. I did. Were, Lots of swear were. words. So we've got that coming out our year-end episode in which we give the top five reviews of books, movies, music, streaming, TV, all of that stuff will be coming out, including a very special guest for at least one portion in which my child will review the best kid movies of the year. Ooh. Which will be interesting. Which will be interesting. Um, so that episode will be out. So we are also coming to the end of a decade. And I think that... If we can get it done, the um, first episode of 2020 is going to feature a little bit of a review of the decade. Just talk about trends, things that changed, all of that kind of stuff. I have not actually told these guys what their assignments are as to some of the things that I want to talk about. But, Rob, I know one of the things you're going to be forced to talk about. What? And that is going to be the decade of the live action remake. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas. Has it really been a – it's only been in the last couple of years, though, hasn't it? It's not really been a decade of it. Uh, what was the first one? Uh, Alice. Well, they did an Alice in Wonderland. That was – Was that this decade, though? I think so. They did that. They did the, It was the Wizard of Oz, kind of. Or uh, Let's see. Um, all 14 Disney live-action remakes. There's Maleficent, 2014. That's not a remake, though. Well, I, I guess technically it is. It's a retelling of of uh, yeah. Sleeping Beauty. So we'll, we'll talk about some of the trends that we have, that I have noticed um, in the 2010s and discuss maybe a little bit of the stuff that might be happening in the future. So keep your ears out for that. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you.